What's up, everyone? This is Becca Fay. I'm your director of education here at Hybrid. We're excited to bring you a brand new series for the Hybrid Unlimited podcast. We've come through our extensive library of educational content from YouTube to Instagram to our exclusive hybrid courses, and we've transformed them into Hybrid Unlimited episodes featuring our team's takes on the most misunderstood concepts in training and nutrition. All you have to do is slap on some headphones and get ready to learn while you lift. Let's get into today's topic. When it comes to the back squat, the bench press, and the deadlift, there is really nothing worse than getting halfway or even 75% through your lift and then getting pinned beneath the barbell or missing your lockout or not even getting the bar off the ground barely at all. You grind for what seems like a lifetime without moving an inch just to succumb to the sticking point. You can consider this episode of Hybrid Unlimited to be your ultimate guide to fixing your sticking points in the squat and the deadlift. In part one, Steffi explains what sticking points are, why they happen, and her top strategies for fixing them in the back squat specifically. Part two focuses on fixing sticking points in the sumo deadlift, led by Steffi, of course, as well as the conventional deadlift led by Hayden. We pulled audio from our Sticking Point series on YouTube to bring you these episodes of Hybrid Unlimited, so be sure to check out those videos for visuals and movement demonstrations of all the accessory work and technique drills mentioned by Steffi and the team. Let's get into it. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Listen, you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. I see it, Steffi sees it, Hayden sees it, we all see it. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with no sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets, practice intermittent fasting, are physically active, or sweat a lot. But don't just take my word for it, I mean the proof is in the pudding. US Olympians, players in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and even our own special forces drink Element. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm the pinnacle of self-performance, but ever since Steffi turned me on to Element, I've seen vast improvements in my everyday training and recovery. You guys can try Element today with a totally risk-free, no questions asked refund policy. And you know what? Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're gonna hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid for your free sample pack of eight grab-and-go element packets. Stay salty, my friends. Now back to the podcast. Okay, so in the conventional deadlift, you generally see people missing in three different areas. Right off the floor, at the knee, or at lockout. We're going to start by talking about why people miss from the floor technique alterations that we can dive into uh, to help that, and assistance exercises that we can use to address weak points that may be making that the weakest part of the lift for you. So when we see people missing deadlifts from the floor, the first and most common reason that people are missing that way is because the weight is simply heavier than your strength capabilities allow you to lift. Aside from that, we can jump into assistance exercises to strengthen the weakened areas, like I mentioned earlier or two, technique alterations and your positions off the floor that may be affecting your lift. First thing we're gonna address is some of the technical errors we see most commonly. Uh, generally, when we're starting from the floor, one of the most common errors that we see are people not being sure where to set their hips. They'll see videos online of someone whose deadlift looks really good. They may have a completely different body type than that person, but they're trying to emulate that technique. 
So you end up seeing people putting their hips way too low and you see a lot of movement in their body before the bar actually leaves the ground. We don't really want any movement to happen that isn't contributing to moving the bar from point A to point B. So when that happens, it's a bit of a problem and you're wasting energy. An easy fix for that is finding a point where you're actually able to feel the tension in your hamstrings before the bar leaves the ground. A lot of people complain about not being able to feel the tension in their hamstrings, and that's usually because your hips are too low. So if you ever see somebody deadlifting, and they go to lift the bar, and the first thing that happens is their hips shoot up before the bar breaks the ground and then the bar moves, that's usually the problem that we're talking about. Now that we've addressed hip position and getting tension in the hamstrings, let's talk about initiating movement from the floor. One of the things that you see a lot um, is people not knowing how to pull the slack out of a bar or yanking the bar really hard and getting pulled out of position. There are some people that can yank the bar and it works great with their technique. A good example of this is somebody like uh, Steve Johnson who can put a ton of force and effort right off the floor, but they're able to continue their pull and stay in position. That's sort of uh, the anomaly, not the norm. So I'd always teach someone to learn to pull the slack out of the bar first. And if they want to experiment with that technique later on, do that. Something that Steffi always says that I, that I love is learn the rules before you break them. So let's consider this learning the rules. Um, and if you decide you want to try another technique down the road when you're more experienced or if this issue doesn't bother you, then that's okay too. The way I want you guys to think about this is sort of like a teeter-totter. When you're pulling one end down, it's pulling the other end up. And that's the idea I want to use to wedge ourselves into the bar and under the bar to initiate movement. If you're just going to go like this and try to pull from any position, that's where we see people getting yanked and pulled forward. But when I want you to think that if this bar was a little bit lighter, you'd be able to put in enough force that just you setting the position would lift the bar off the ground. So the first and most important thing that you need to do when trying to learn a new technique or movement is obviously practice that movement. So the number one recommendation we're gonna talk about is not only practicing that movement, but practicing that movement at a weight that challenges you enough that if you're not paying attention to things, your technique is gonna to start to break down and you're gonna to have to fix those technical errors. In addition to that, we always wanna practice the movement in the same way that it's being tested. In powerlifting, we're testing that movement using heavy weight in single reps. So we wanna practice single reps as much as possible. What I mean by this is you're gonna to have to have days in your program at the beginning, usually weekly, uh, as you get more advanced, not as much, but still regularly, where you practice 80, 85, 90, even 95% singles. You'll see this a lot in advanced lifters programs where the volume is not necessarily as high, but they're doing things like three sets of one at 90% or five sets of one at 90%. Now let's talk about some accessory movements. We're gonna give you two movements that we recommend to help with this issue of breaking the floor. The first one's gonna be a deficit deadlift. The deficit deadlift, we're looking for anywhere from one to two inches of elevation. Once you have your pad or block that you're gonna use, we're gonna take the bar and perform a deadlift as we normally would, but we're really gonna focus on feeling the engagement of the hamstrings. Uh, the reason why we use this block is because creating a deficit makes it a little bit easier for you to put the weight in the hamstrings and posterior chain instead of trying to drive off the floor with your quads. It also increases the difficulty of the movement by increasing your range of motion by one to two inches, depending on how big your block is. The second movement we're gonna recommend is the stiff leg deadlift. This is a similar idea to the deficit deadlift, except instead of using a block, you're just putting yourself in a compromised position by stretching your hamstring more and not allowing yourself to lower your hips to a point that's most optimal. Just like the last exercise, we're gonna focus on all of the things we talked about earlier. So building tension in the hamstrings before pulling off the floor. 
wedging yourself under the bar like a teeter-totter, and we're gonna use the same grip and foot stance that you would for your regular conventional deadlift. Stiff leg deadlift and Romanian deadlift often get confused, so I think it's important to make a distinction between the two. Uh, stiff leg deadlift starts from the floor like a regular deadlift, whereas a Romanian deadlift, you're gonna pick the bar up like normal and you're gonna take a top-down approach. Um, for the stiff leg deadlift, your leg doesn't have to be locked straight. In fact, that's sort of dangerous, so we wanna avoid that. You wanna keep a semi-flexed position. All stiff means is that you're gonna try to maintain the same angle from your hamstring to your calf throughout the whole movement. Finally, remember to keep the barbell a little bit further away from your shin than you would in a conventional deadlift. Next, let's talk about missing the lift at the knee. This is another common area where you see people failing lifts at heavy weight. And the first thing we want to address is just the simple fact that a lot of people quit at the first sign of struggle. Uh, that's a difficult part of the lift. It's a lot of times a part of the lift where you see people starting to shake and it's a scary part of the lift. People don't want to get injured, they get scared, they drop the bar. Uh, I think a really important thing is people learning what their bodies are capable of so that they can push through those points and not just give up because the weight feels heavy or you feel like you're uh, out of position. So it's all about maintaining integrity of your technique under heavy loads and we're gonna give you some tips on how to do that. Okay, there's three things that we're gonna address in this part. The first is technique, obviously. The second is understanding acceleration and momentum. And the third thing is accessory exercises we can use to address those first two things. Let's talk about shin angle. When you see people missing the bar at the knee, a lot of the times you'll see that their feet are also pointing straight forward. What that can sometimes do is create a larger shin angle, which is a bigger obstacle for you to get around in order to complete the lift. A quick technical fix for this is just turning your feet out slightly, anywhere between 10 and 30 degrees, depending on your proportions. And that allows you to push your knees out a little bit and create less of an aggressive shin angle, so the bar has less distance to travel to get to the end point. Now let's talk about acceleration and momentum. The faster you can get the bar from the ground to that uh, sticking point by accelerating quickly, the easier it's gonna be to use that momentum to carry you through the sticking point of the lift. So some of the things you can do to work on your acceleration are obviously speed reps, the, which is something you wanna do with lighter weight, moving the bar as quickly as possible. And the second thing is accommodating resistance. So using things like bands and chains that force you to meet a higher load the farther you lift the bar off the ground. Another tool you can use to help you get through the sticking point at the knee uh, are doing partial movements. So things like dimmel deadlifts, pulls from the blocks, and RDLs. Since most people already know how to do an RDL or pull from the blocks, I'm gonna choose the more obscure of those three movements we talked about, the dimmel deadlift, and show you an, ex uh, an example of that. Ideally, you're gonna start with the barbell in a rack for the dimmel deadlift, and this is a top-down movement, much like the RDL. So you're gonna start in a fixed position at the top, and you're gonna lower yourself through the sticking point or the challenging area of the lift and pass above and below that movement to try to create fluidity and better motor control through that area. Final thing we're gonna talk about is missing the lift at lockout. Now this is probably one of the most frustrating things for a power lifter because you've done so much work to get to this point and all you have to do is lock out the final bit of the lift and you miss here because you can't. I think something that's important to remember on this comes from Happy Gilmore. If you guys know Pop, it's just Tapping it in. It's all in the hips. Get off of me. I think people get too rigid in their movement and they're really flexing, they're squeezing everything and it's almost restricting them from being able to lock out. You wanna almost relax everything. You see some of the best lifters, they're relaxed at lockout. They're just using those hips and they're tap, tap, tapping it in just like Pop said. Your glute max and your lower back are the main areas that are working, trying to extend the hip in the deadlift. 
So if none of those other things apply to you, or even if they do, it might be a good idea for you to work on some glute-centric exercises like good morning, hip thrust, and back extension to try to strengthen those areas and help you with a cleaner lockout. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com slash hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. Now let's talk about the sumo deadlift. Today we're going to break down the sumo deadlift, talk about sticking points in the sumo deadlift, uh, talk about some weak muscles that could be potentially contributing to this problem, and then I'm going to discuss some strategies that you can start implementing into your training to lessen the effects of that sticking point for your lift. Let's start first with missing a deadlift right at the bottom. Similar to the conventional deadlift, obviously it's gonna, there's gonna be times when the amount of weight on the bar is more than your muscles are capable for handling. So there's a strength component uh, that we need to obviously be aware of. Sometimes there's gonna be way more weight on the bar than you are ready for, and that is a possibility. Now it's not always a matter of technique. It's not always a matter of a, a specific muscle being weak. It could also be that, hey, it's just the weight that you're not ready for. You gotta keep training and try it again in the next peaking phase four or eight weeks down the line. Now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about some strategies that we can start using. So the first issue when it comes to sumo deadlift is technical proficiency. Do you understand how to do a sumo deadlift properly? And this is particularly evident in the first couple of inches off the ground in the sumo deadlift. Now, if you're missing, the, if you're missing your deadlifts at this point, right when the bar leaves the floor. It's usually because your positions are off. So is your chest falling forward? Are your hips too low? Are you yanking the bar? Those are the three main reasons. Make sure you pick the right position for your hips. We've covered this in previous videos multiple times. Usually for the sumo deadlift, the best way you can pick, uh, the best exercise you can do to figure that out is perform an eccentric deadlift from the top. So what you're gonna do, you're gonna grab the bar and slowly lower it down and wherever your hips and that's your perfect starting position. And finally, a coordination or motor control issue where you're letting your chest fall forward. And for that, we're gonna, I'm gonna show you a couple of exercises that you can incorporate in order to train that and teach yourself how to best maintain positions in that particular portion of the leg. Now let's talk about what I consider to be the best ex accessory exercises to work on your positions in the sumo deadlift. The first one and one of my most favorite exercises is gonna be the pause deadlift. If you're, usually you would pick the pause based on the area of the exercise that you're trying to improve. In this case, if you're trying to improve the starting position of the deadlift, you wanna do the pause right at the bottom. So I mean, a couple of inches off the ground. The second exercise that I wanna encourage you guys to try is a pin deadlift. Now the pin deadlift, is an, essentially an isometric deadlift exercise where you're gonna start with the bar on the floor, you're gonna place the pins as low as possible. The amount of weight that you put on the bar should never exceed more than 70% because we're not really going for intensity like the amount of weight that you can load. We're just trying to generate an isometric contraction. All right, now let's talk about missing the sumo deadlift at the level of the knee. So let's first talk about technical faults or issues that we see when lifters miss at the level of the knee in a sumo deadlift. The most common cause is that you're letting your chest drop forward when the bar leaves the ground. You wanna see 
is for the hips and torso to rise at the same time. If you're letting that bar fall in front of you and your knees are already extended, your hips are already extended as well. Now all of your weight of your upper body of your torso plus all the weight of the bar is in front of you. How can you expect to overcome that if you have literally, first of all, you have no more muscles to, ex to use in that position and you have no body weight to counteract the body, the, the amount of weight on the bar. Now let's talk about just one particular muscle that might be contributing to the fall at this level of the lift. The adductor muscles are particularly important because they contribute to a great degree to the extension of the hips when, you, when going from flexion to extension. Now, you need not only strength in this particular muscle group, but also adequate flexibility of that muscle group. If your adductors aren't flexible enough, you're gonna see them pulling your knees in, and obviously that's paired with not having strong abductors that keep your knees out. So you need a very subtle and careful balance between your adductors being flexible enough and your abductors being able to keep your knees out through the entirety of the lift. Let's talk about one, a way that you can increase adductor flexibility, and secondly, a way that you can increase your adductor, adductor strength. Let's talk first about adductor flexibility. For this drill, you're gonna need a box. All you're gonna do, essentially, you wanna assume the same stance that you would in your sumo deadlift. So one of your legs is externally rotated, feet pointing outwards, and the other one is on the box. So all you're gonna do, you're gonna start hips fully extended, and then you're gonna drop until you feel like your uh, adductors are being stretched. Not much more than that, but feel like it's getting a deep, uh, deep stretch, and then come back up. Okay, and for strengthening, we're gonna do the adductor plank. Easiest, the more, the more of your leg that's on the box, the easier the movement will be. The further away that you are, the less of you that's on the box, the more difficult it would be. I like to do it with my knee on the box. What's the most comfortable for me? Otherwise, I start having a little bit of knee pain. So all you're gonna do, knee on the box, bend your knees, hold your other leg up. That way you're working on this aspect too. You're working on this one and on this one. Hold it 30 seconds at a time. Do three to four rounds. You can refer to uh, my previous squat video on sticking point series where I go through of the Copenhagen plank. And finally, let's talk about a couple of more specific exercises that you can include. Like I said before, pauses are usually a safe bet when it comes to picking an accessory exercise that's specific to a particular point in the lift that you're having issues with. So doing performing a paused deadlift at the level of the knee is always a, a great alternative and a great suggestion. So all you're gonna do, you're gonna grab the bar, Initiate the deadlift like we talked about. You're gonna pause at the level of the knee for three, two, one, and then lock up. That essentially what that's gonna do, it's gonna strengthen your positions and it's gonna strengthen particularly that portion of the lift. Finally, another reason why you might be missing at this particular point in the deadlift is because of inadequate acceleration or there's not enough momentum coming from the bottom of the lift. So another thing that you can do is you can work on your feet. Now we spoke about pin deadlift first and a great thing you can do is actually combine pin deadlift immediately followed by speed deadlifts. And this is known as post-activation potentiation. You're re-exciting all of the neurons, all of the nerves in your muscle fibers so that they can after produce a way more stronger contraction. Speed deadlifts, you do them below 70% and it's just all about intent. You want to move the weight as fast as you can possibly do it. 
And finally, another great way that you can work on your speed deadlifts is by including uh, accommodating resistance in the form of either chains or bands, since that increases the difficulty of the movement and the demand of muscle force production as the bar leaves the ground. And finally, let's examine what's going on when lifters miss a deadlift at the level of the hip. Historically speaking, and just based on observation, I tend to see that people miss at the deadlift usually when they have a too wide of a stance. Now, a super wide stance for deadlift, I would consider one that when you go down, your knees are not perpendicular. They're more in like an open angle, like this. Uh, stance like this makes it a lot easier off the ground but then it makes it increasingly challenging at the top. So if you have a super wide stance and you keep missing your deadlift at the top, maybe consider bringing your feet in an inch or two to make that part of the lift a little bit easier. So that's it for the technical portion. Now let's talk about potential weak muscles that uh, you can address. The main muscle group that's in charge of extending the hips is your glute max. Similar to the conventional deadlift, you want to address your glute max through exercises like hip thrust, uh, good movements with a bar or with bands and back extensions with weight. And finally, this, actually this was advice that was given to me by Ed Cohen years ago uh, when I was having issues with the lock on my deadlift. And he saw me, he saw me with a deadlift at the top and he told me, Steph, you're just, you just need to relax. When the bar gets to that point, you've done the most difficult portion of the lift. You got the bar up there. All you need to do Squeeze your butt and lean backwards and relax. Because what happens is that the bar got there so fast and then you assume that the bar is gonna lock out at the same speed, but it's not necessarily the case. The bar doesn't need to move that fast at that portion of the lift. You can just relax and let it move as slow as it needs to move. Just don't give up and try to bring your hips closer to the bar. Extend your hips, extend your back and relax. And that is it, my babies. I hope that you enjoyed this Sticking Point series and that you learned something from it. All right, friends, that's it for this week's episode of Hybrid Unlimited. We hope you enjoyed it and maybe even learned a little something. Be sure to connect with us on social media, share this episode with your friends and help Hybrid on our mission to spread strength. We'll see you next week.